Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. This episode of the Market Mondays World Tour is brought to you with limited interruption by Ally. All right. Oh, happy yes. Monday. Happy, happy Monday. Yes. Market Mondays. It's back. Back. Back like we never left. Another rendition. The 22nd of January, the year is 2024. For those that are keeping record. God uh, is good. God is good. The market has been good. <laughs> Davos was good, I heard. Davos is Davos is, is a good place to, to visit. Jamie Diamond, you need to stop. <laughs> to we my JP there. Morgan family, just I love you. Jay. We just gonna start there. Oh, Jamie, Rip. let's stop, my brother. Oh, I love you. I'm not saying yeah. that you should, I'm just saying I'm not sure if I would. Off the rip. But let's 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 get into it. So uh big week. <laughs> we got uh Sharif Abdurrahim, NBA legend. Now he's the president of the G League. And uh shout out to the NBA G League. We announced today that um we have an official partnership. Earn your leisure NBA G League. We will be the GMs of the up next game. Yes. During yeah. NBA All-Star weekend. We will be picking the team and they will be wearing EYL jerseys. Team EYL. And we will we will be uh brought live streaming it on, on the platform. Yes. So um shout out to all the good folks in the G League, NBA, uh Indianapolis. We we are on our way. Yeah, you excited? See y'all out there. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good yeah. it's gonna be a good weekend. Yeah, we got the, the draft is this week. So uh, I've been taking my notes, man. Shout out to everybody from the Westchester Knicks. I'm not holding any biases. We, we want the best talent. We we only enter these things to win. So you know. Naptown. Naptown. We'll be there. Let's go. That's not far from where you're from, right? No, it's two and a half hours. Okay. Home, hometown hero gotta come home, you know what I mean? So I'm <laughs> sure. at, at some point. Hey, <laughs> wait, are you? 
The Hoosiers. Right to it. <laughs> the Terrace Hoosiers. in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be home. Uh, oh, baby. Soon reach. Soon reach. Soon reach. Soon reach. Yeah. Uh, and then we're in Atlanta right now. So uh, shout out to the good folks of the AUC. Um, we yes. spoke today at uh, Morehouse College. And we spoke to a class and we interviewed the legendary Tashonda Brown Duckett. If you don't know who she is, she's one of the most powerful women in business. She is the CEO of TIA Cref. Mm -hmm. TIA Cref is one of the largest financial institutions in the world, yep. um, Fortune 100 company. And I believe she's probably the only current black CEO woman, CEO of a mm -hmm. Fortune 500 company. I believe so. There's, um, only, there's only been three in history. Yeah, it's only been three in history, and she's she's one. She's currently um, CEO of a Fortune 500, Fortune 100 company, mm -hmm. a TIA Cref, um, extremely extremely large financial company. They, they handle a lot of pensions and retirement funds, billions of dollars of assets under management. Um, so yeah. powerful conversation. Anytime that we get to to link with her is a, is an honor and a pleasure. So thank you to the good folks at TIA Cref and to uh, Morehouse College. Uh, and Lewis Tucker, Lou, shout, shout out to our boy Lou, shout out to Lou for sure. <laughs> and the last, the last announcement that I'll give is Carnegie Hall. We're coming back home, uh, and we will be with the legendary Robert Smith, uh, and Buster. No, not Buster Rhymes, Rick uh, Ross. Rick Ross, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Ross, yeah, yeah, Rick Ross um, this year, February thirteenth. Get your tickets at CarnegieHall.com and wear a tuxedo if you're a guy and wear a gown if you're a woman. Yeah, Carnegie Hall, one of the most prestigious venues in the world. So um, it's going to be a night. second time in a row. And uh, yeah, we, we will be with our West, friend. Westmore will be there as well. Westmore, the only black governor in, in America, the governor of Maryland. Amazing. A oh, night oh, to right. remember. A night to remember. Yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out to Robert Smith and the entire team. Uh, we ran into them in our, yeah. our travels over the past week. Yeah. Good shout conversations. Out to, shout, out to, <laughs> shout out to Robert Smith. conversations be different. <laughs> <laughs> for sure you've been summoned yep. <laughs> for sure um so there's a lot to talk about so yeah so that was just some announcements that i just wanted to run down um okay ian yeah red panda stock club call will be this wednesday at 9 p.m central shout out to my guy who is up 250 percent in one year i appreciate you i know you want me to put all your business out there but i'm proud of you um i will be in indianapolis for all-star super bowl we'll be out there i got a little red panda announcement coming up too in like two or three weeks too so uh, stay tuned. If I made you money, please put yes in chat and let's get to it. Let's have an amazing show. I'm yeah, happy to be back. A lot of money has been made in that chat. Uh, shout out to everybody that has uh, closed their contracts on uh, last Friday. I know it was, it was one of those 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 deadlines for contracts that are closed and you made some money. Congrats yep. to you on that. Uh, but you know how this works, man. Do your own research. Our content is intended to be used. It must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a measure brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure and the good brother Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself. Continue yes. to do the research. Continue to share the research. Let's make some money, y'all. All right. Yep. So I got to ask you. I got to ask. <laughs> um, what are the top three to five lessons you guys learned while you were in Davos last week? And how do you think it will have an impact on the economy this year? Yeah, for sure. Davos, Switzerland. Uh, shout out to our CLF family, Forbes, <laughs> Dre. Well, 
it was a lot of AI talk. Definitely um, heavy, heavy AI. That was like the number one um, conversation everywhere throughout the course of the week, not surprisingly. And a uh, few takeaways, you know, um, set it on a few panels. And uh, one one kid, he just uh, dropped out of Harvard and he started he started a company um, for companionship, AI companionship. And he was saying that, you know, everybody's not privy to the same friend uh privilege i forgot how he worded it but everybody doesn't isn't everybody doesn't have friends pretty much so his company that he started is um ai companionship company where you'll have friends artificial intelligence friends Mm -hmm. and you can talk to them and you can share moments with them and just everything that you would do with an actual human friend um so i just thought that that was different as far as you know moving into this uh to this world of actually humans interacting with with um AI and not just a, a workforce situation, but also from a emotional standpoint situations interested. Somebody else was talking about everybody at some point is going to have an artificial intelligence um, assistant, AI assistant, mm-hmm. which we've heard that before. So that was interesting. So, um, you know, I, I just feel that um, AI obviously is, is taking over, has taken over. It's only going to get bigger and bigger. And everybody was talking about different forms of AI from environmental AI to companionship AI to business AI. But, um, AI was, it was the leading takeaway for sure. And, uh, we also got a privilege to hear a few presidents from Africa, the president of, of Ghana and the president of, uh, Rwanda, Rwanda speak. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting to hear the perspective, um, from the African side, they were talking about the entertainment industry and um, the creator industry in Africa because um, Global Citizens is coming to Ghana um, this year. So uh, they were talking about that from that perspective. But once again, everybody's talking about investing in Africa. Africa is the last frontier. So, um, yeah, it was uh, those those are some a few a few takeaways. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, it was prevalent. We, we Everywhere you walked around, there was an activation. AI was at the front of it. Um, but it was interesting to hear the leading scientists in the space. And you had a lot of people from MIT. I mean, we sat through, I think, 20 panels and were just extremely interested in what was happening when you talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which means you yeah. really don't need human prompting. Um, it really starts to, it kind of goes into what you were saying with, with the with the company. Uh, Soul was the name of the company where you have companionship and it doesn't really need human interaction. It kind of starts to adapt for itself. And the debate over that and whether it's going to be positive and you had some of the leading scientists saying like positive or not, it's going to be here. And you had some people saying we should be kind of fearful of it. And so to hear some of the brightest minds in this space kind of have that debate live in front of us was incredible. Um, but also looking at the innovation, all right, we, we went to the Saudi house and we kind of put it up in our stories in, uh, in on Instagram. Um, yeah. What uh, known the, the city that's going to be in Saudi and to look at the innovation and to look at the technology and to look at how fast it's happening. Because sometimes you look at something and you you think, all right, that's going to be like 50 years from now. They'll probably get this done. And when I looked at Tap Shadi, I was like, yeah, this has expected to be done in 2030. I'm like, that's six years from now. Yeah. Like, think about the conversations that we're having in our community and think about, and if you get a chance, go, go look up Nomis. It actually has an Instagram page. They're building seven to nine different civilizations in Saudi. Um, and so the level of technology that is going to take the level of opportunity and, you know, just awareness of how you can maximize uh, land and, and resources is incredible. 
Um, so that was incredible. And then uh, I said this to Shadi uh, personally, but I, in, in private, I'm saying in public, the power of integrity. Um, because we were, mm-hmm. we had plenty of conversations and, you know, I watched him, I watched him all the time, but I watched him in the, the realest of, of settings. And <laughs> I don't want, yo, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'll be honest because he, and he, he knocks me sometimes like, yo, you, you're just like a nice guy. And like, you, you're like politically correct. And like, he's sometimes going anti that, but sometimes it's needed. It's needed. And, one day we'll tell a story on the actual conversation, but I watched him stand his ground on his beliefs and his integrity was at the highest form. And in that setting, it only can be respected. Yeah. And I told him I, after we finished the conversation, I gave him a fist bump. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm proud of you. That was, that was tough. So having integrity in all rooms, no matter the, the financial amount, of the people that you're having the conversations <laughs> with Facts. or, or the political power that those people have, um, is important. And so I wanted to tell you publicly how proud of you I was. Um, cause I did tell you privately, but that was dope. Having integrity. Bro, bro, shot in Switzerland. <laughs> oh, nah, yo, bro. I look, cause I, I wasn't to. sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure. And then I was like, Oh, he's going for it. Ah, yes. He spoke for us, and what? I, and I want to be careful because I want when I say he spoke for us. Yes, he spoke for us, right? Earn your leisure. What I'm saying, he spoke for us. I'm talking about our entire community. Just know that he was speaking for us in these conversations, and, and so I was proud of him in that moment. So I just want to tell you that again. Appreciate so it. You got into the Illuminati and stood up to the Illuminati. <laughs> you a bad boy. You a bad boy. That's different. <laughs> Sam Altman, let me tell you something. Hold on now. Hold on now. <laughs> you know what? I, mean, I just want to add one last thing. If somebody actually uh, made me think, I didn't think of this, but um, you know, we did see Robert Smith and we did see some, some, some people in, um, in the world of tech and CEOs. And they were saying to us, like, you're here, everybody that's in Davos, during that time period is there for a reason, but think how respected and how far you've come and how much of an impact that you're having, that you can walk up to these CEOs and they recognize you for what you've done. That's powerful. And so when, you know, you can sit in, in a forum and listen to Sam Altman, who's changed the world, right? Like his technology has changed the world, him and OpenAI and and all the engineers that they've changed the world to see some of these political leaders that are respected and some that, you know, may not be as respected, but to be in the same room and have these conversations, it's like, look, I know sometimes people get lost in the conversation of, oh my gosh, what are they doing there? Well, we're there representing you. I don't want that to go. We're, we're there representing you. Yeah, we're listening to the it. conversations. And we're trying to tell y'all and try to give you the feedback of here's what's headed. Let's figure out how we can play a role in this. Um, and so I don't want that to get lost on people. So like, yes, we represent you. Um, and we do this because number one, we want to find out the information and we want to know what the world leaders in the world of in politics and finance and tech, what they're saying, what their ambitions are, what their vision is. And so we can figure out how we as a community can be part of it. For sure. You literally have to be in a room with market makers in order to know what the market is going to do. So I definitely want to commend you. And uh, Rashad, whoever you went off on. You know, um, yeah, you know, I, I think look course correction. Somebody said, you know, integrity is what you do when people aren't looking. And, um, yep. you know, it's it's not even for like, it's just you just got to be who you are and stand on who you are. And like, you know, it's some things it's just, you know, no matter what, who you're talking to, 
right is right and wrong is wrong. And you got to, you know, what you believe in, you can't compromise your beliefs. Um, and I think people ultimately respect that, you know, because yeah, if, 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 you're, if you're willing to just compromise to anybody that you're speaking to, then, you know, people people will notice that and they they'll kind of say, OK, this guy's kind of wishy washy. But, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, a lot of people might not fully understand, you know, the importance of Davos. And it's, it's where the most powerful people in the world come every year. And they talk about a variety of different things. And, you know, I feel like um, it representation is the only is the only option. Like, you know, not yeah. being there, like not being it's like conversation still going to take place, whether mm -hmm. whether mm -hmm. whether we're there or not. So why would you not want us there? I mean, at the very least, at least we'll be able to have some level of insight on what's going on and, you know, talk to people and hear what's what's happening. And that's only going to benefit what everybody. Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's like, um, you know, people like, you know, well, this is where Illuminati meets. Well, there's always going to be negative forces. If that's the case, it's like, you know, I, you go to public school, right? And it's like people smoking weed in the bathroom. Now you have a de decision to make whether you're going to partake in that or not. But that's where you come in with integrity and just be who you are. So you could be who you are in front of any any level of influence that determines, you know, who you are as a person. So I think a lot of times we don't, I think, I think it comes back to just not having a strong belief in ourselves. And we think mm. we, we always just think that we're not deep down. It's an inferiority complex. And it's like, Oh no, we shouldn't be there because that's what, well, it's like, all right, well, why not? That's exactly where you should be. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if, if hypothetically speaking, mm -hmm. this is where all of the world's powerful people come and they make decisions and they, Duh, that's exactly where you should be. But I yeah. think it's a, I think what, what I noticed on the internet is that um it's a trend. Even we're talking about Africa when people was like, you know, the Africans, they don't they don't like African Americans and stuff like that, or black people from America. Um, people that have never been to a place um make commentary and they're influencing people and they've never been to a place. So you have somebody that's never been somewhere that's adding commentary and then somebody that's listening to somebody that's never been somewhere. And then now there, so it's like three degrees of separation, but no degree of actual information. So it's like, um, it's very, it's very, it's very hard to actually have a, a real informed decision or a real informed opinion. If you've never actually been, you how can you, how can you speak intelligently about something? If you, if you have no firsthand information on it, it's difficult. So I just think that we just have to be a little bit more educated and a little bit more um, savvy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, we're a financial company. So why, why would we not be where the financial heavyweights are at? That's like saying like CNBC is not going to be there. Or Wall Street Journal is going to be there. We're not like endorsing an event. We're not, you know, but we're going to be there and, and run into some some powerful people who ran into Robert Smith two times in a row. What's the odds of that happening? Right. Um you know, this is something that only happens in that type of environment where you can literally just have an impromptu meeting with the wealthiest black person in American history. Um, yeah. That's because you have to put yourself in, a, in in environments where those type of people are and those type of conversations are having place. So, um, you know, I just think that it's important. And, you know, I think that we do a, a very good job of diversifying our environments. We went from Ghana to Davos to HBCU to NBA all-star because everywhere yeah. is important. Everywhere, you got you to be everywhere. You got to talk to every single person. And that's how business is done at the highest level. And um, the last thing I'll say about this is just the relationships. It's like going back to InvestFest again. And another thing, went to the, four, went to the Forbes party. 
And um, saw Will I Am give a concert. <laughs> saw Gig shout out to Gigs and show it cool and Dre. So this idea that entertainment is only you know oh this you just uh, misrepresenting business with uneducated uh, people and do events and you have entertainers and rappers. Well, we're at Davos. And um, they have rappers <laughs> entertaining Damn. people. So Damn. entertainment entertainment, and the leisure part is actually where a lot of business gets done. That's actually a major part of it um, as far as the psychology of it. A lot of this stuff happens at nighttime when it's over, when people are drinking at the bar. Hmm. Um, so, you know, once that, again, it's just a misinformed um, yeah. viewpoint that's not actually... Uh, doesn't really have any relevance because, yeah. you know, at the highest level of business, this is, this is actually what's happening. And... Um, the Robert Smith thing, you got to put yourself in front of somebody five times, five times. So it's like when we we first met Robert Smith in Harlem, um, Steve Harvey introduced us. That was the first time. Then we ran into him at well, we did an interview with him. Then we ran into him at Davos. Then we did Carnegie Hall. Then he did Invest Fest to the point that's five times. The sixth time we've seen him now, it's like, OK, let's do something together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what I'm it takes five times. So a lot of times people get discouraged. Like, yo, I came, to, I waited online to see you. I, I saw Ian and, you know, I had a proposal for him. It takes five times. <laughs> you can't just one time is not enough. And this is why you got to constantly stay. You got to constantly stay in front of people. Mm -hmm. You got to constantly. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. You got to constantly be to the right yeah. place. You got to constantly, you know, add value. Constantly have something to add yeah. to the situation. Not like it's another thing. We added value to his life. We put him on it, Invest Fest in 2020,000 people. We we did an episode. The episode did a million views. Carnegie Hall. Like these are things that it's not a charity. It's added value to the point where he's like, all right, now let's have just to maybe get something done. Yeah, but also, all that value in addition to is be ready. Yep. Right. I got a, We got a text message. Hey, you guys are in town. Robert wants to meet. Okay. When now? Yeah, we're on our way. That's the first meeting. Second meeting, like you said, everything is happening at night. After everybody's had these meetings and have gone to these panels throughout the day, people are trying to, you know, just have a good time, maybe get something to eat. Second meeting, just ha we just happen to walk into the lobby. You know what he says? You know what? We're gonna have a meeting right now, right here. Yeah, huddle up. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it happens, right? Everybody, here's what you're gonna do. Here's what you're gonna do. Here's what I can do. Here's what these guys can bring. We need to change this. Let's make it happen. Let's get on some phone calls next week and let's figure this out. Ready Can't to do be it. done via Zoom or DM, right? We're doing it now. <laughs> All right, we're ready to do it. Let's go. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So you know, I know. Um, sometimes you know, I do have a harsh delivery. Um, uh, but I do love the audience. I do love you guys, and um, it's important to never, never compromise the people because we have been trusted with uh, a responsibility. Um, and then there's a lot that comes with that responsibility. So in times of, uh, you know, having opportunities to sell out, <laughs> we, we will not, we will not, you will not do it. We will not sell out <laughs> the audience. Um, we talked about it over this weekend, but do you think America is going the route of European nations and we're on a slow decline? Uh, we talked about uh, yeah, it a lot last year. Okay. I'm glad you asked me that. I'm glad you asked me that. I was talking 19 keys. I put it on, I put it on Instagram as well. Um, America, damn, I want to, I want to actually, if I could just pull this up, because I want to actually um say, Ray Dalio talked about it in changing world order. We've talked about yep. it a lot, a lot last year. Innovation isn't as strong. Yeah. But I 
especially yeah. when with the gnome project uh, you said a civilization civilization is being created not a building not a building a civilization and it's taking yeah, you us know the, the the interesting part and not to just cut you off because yeah. what all we heard was the line right and yeah. people thought like that was some futuristic jetsons thing um until you realize that they've already started construction on it in fact like that's going to be done in six years right yeah but when you look at the project in its totality you realize this is just more than just a the line right this yeah. is nine different cities that they're building yeah. right and so when you look at what saudi's doing we just left abu dhabi in dubai and we saw the innovation that's happening there we're talking about when we're in Ghana, about the opportunities there from a standpoint of development and infrastructure. And so you start to see these places and everybody's saying the same thing. This is the final frontier of the planet. Yep. Like These are the places where innovation can happen. This is where uh, the youth is. What's missing, and and hopefully, you know, we can combat that, is like the combat, the, the collaboration part, but also the education part. Um, but the technological advances are there for us. There's opportunities for us. And so when we come back home, and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm, I'm sure Shadi can concur, it was like, what type of innovation is happening here? Yes, you know, we have the, the greatest companies, right? Yes. Like when we talk about NVIDIA, we talk about Microsoft, we talk about Apple. These are the greatest companies. But from outside of those companies and on the land, what, what are we doing? Yeah, what is, sure. what is nothing? Well, yeah, this so this is what I wrote. I so I said, uh, America is on pace to be the new Europe, a relic of past greatness, an open air vintage museum. All the innovation and new energy is coming from Asia and the Middle East. The political landscape and other issues make it so the U.S. will fall so far behind, it will never be able to catch up. So, what I mean by this is. We, we're blessed to travel a lot. We've been traveling a lot for the last couple of years. Yeah. So Europe is a, is a, when you go to Europe and you go to like Paris and you go to London and you go to these different, you know, cities, it's, um, they're living off of their, their past, right? Like it's museums, it's architecture, it's, it's everything is very nostalgic of a, of a era that happened hundreds of years ago. Right. It's beautiful, beautiful. But um, when you go to Dubai and when you go to Singapore and when you go to, you know, these type of places, you see things happening in real time, the future. Like you, yeah. they have a, like they have a museum of the future. Right. So mm -hmm. now it's like they're, they're looking at 100 years in the future, a thousand years in the future. And you see it in the architecture. You see it in, in, in the technology. You see it in the, the development. And um, I think that they're able to do that. Um, for a variety of different reasons. A, politically, it's a lot easier to get things done because they have a monarchy, right? Um, or in China's case, they have a, a communist government where, you know, the top has a lot of power. They don't, they don't necessarily have to fight with governors and senators, and it's a lot harder to get Which things done. slow down our country dramatically. Dramatically, mm -hmm. dramatically. So, um, and then, of course, they have money, right? They have an influx of money, Um over the last 50 years that they've utilized efficiently. They have a very um, efficient workforce. When you look at a country like UAE, 90% of the, of the population is foreigners and they, they those are all the workers. Um, nobody, you can't become a citizen of the UAE, it's impossible. And um, so they've, they've 
exported people just to work. And if you don't work, then you don't stay in the country. It's not, it's not a thing of like, well, we're going to figure it out. We got a welfare system in place here. No, it's like, you're coming to work a job on a visa. <laughs> and if, and if that visa's up, you're going back to your country. Or if you don't want to work, then you're not, or you're coming to, to create a business here. Right. Um, so the political landscape has, has helped them in, in that, in that regards. And, um, you know, looking at America, you just see that you see the turmoil, you see the infighting, you see the constant toxicity, um, that's displayed on social media, uh, 24 hours a day. Um, and you, you see the lack of innovation, right? Like we can't even get a skyscraper. What's the last skyscraper that was really built? That was like breathtaking in America. I can't, I can't think of it. Um, and, and you and you start to look at it and it's like, damn, they're playing at a game that's so, so fast that we're, by the time we, we, we try to catch up, it's going to yeah. be too late to catch up. So like I yeah. said, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean America is going to be a third world country. It'll still like the UK is still strong. The UK is still a, the economic hub is still, you know, but it's, it's, it just is what it is. Right. Power so I think America still have strong com- companies. It'll still be the leader in a lot of different things. But as far as innovation, as far as the future, as far as, um, you know, this next wave of civilization. They're getting it done. No, it's, it's not going to happen. And Africa is, 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 it has potential. Africa has potential, but it still has a long way to go. Um, it's, not, it's not at the point um, where these other countries are yet. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a hot take, and um, you know people might be a little alarmed. Like I said, I'm not saying that everybody's going to be homeless in in 30 years, but um, I just don't see it. I honestly don't see. It. I, I think that the political landscape is only going to get worse. The racial yep. divide, the racial divide, is only going to get worse. Um, the haves and have-nots is only going to get worse. And I would expect it's going to be higher. And, yep. And um, I just I'm not optimistic about the um, American I- ideology. Um, and yeah, that's that's my take on it. UAE and Dubai is the new United States of America. Like I talked about this on Stock Club this past week, the promise of riches and freedom for your family—that's long left this country. Um, innovation has dwindled. The battle between left and right has divided the country while not giving any solutions. For everyone who's going to ask, what's the solution? Find you four other international cities to do business in. Uh, Mexico is one of my favorites, but you pick your four and you have to have arbitrage in those cities or countries in order to be able to survive over the next two or three decades. So, but I think it was a great point uh, and it has to be addressed. And if you look at all the, also follow the money, a lot of capital, even from Microsoft, Apple as being deployed and dispersed in Dubai, UAE, um, for the next coming century as well. So um be mindful and go always go look at where the, the big money players are putting the capital to see what is coming next yeah 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 gotta always gotta always look at the future whether it's investing Absolutely. for the for the people that's like well what does this have to do with investing everything um, is bi- yeah exactly business landscape everything. i mean if you're not operating on a global scale the business is not going to survive in in this uh in this economy that we're in right now and um, you, as as a, as a person, should be looking at yourself as a global citizen. We shouldn't be look. We uh, the the days of of being strong nationalist. I, I think well, black people. I don't think being a nationalist ever worked for us. I don't think. I, I don't think it was ever like enthusiastic about you know America. We we are Americans, so you know that's what it is. But um, it's not like we ever had an advantage in America. 
we second class citizens in in our own country. So you as a person, especially as a black person, you should be looking at every opportunity possible. You should be looking at Africa. You should be, you should be looking at Asia. You should be looking at Central America. You should be looking at Canada. Um, because why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? It's not like you have any any advantage in America. Philippines, anywhere we can get arbitrage. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what the rest of the world leaders are doing. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You'll be doing yourself a tremendous disservice if you just are only um focused on America. But that's probably I mean, that's part of the conversation too. We had another conversation, shout out uh, to, to Rich Dennis. And we were talking about how do we I mean, we've had these conversations, how do we get that global vision for our businesses rather than saying, I want to create this, 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 this job or create this business that only remains local, right? We have to have a global mindset to scale our businesses outside of our neighborhoods, outside our communities to have a global expansion. And this is part of it. It's that same mindset. It's the same theory of like, all right, this is localized. How it become something that takes over the entire world. Yeah, for sure. All right. And if you don't, you could be in an economic situation that you do not. If you think inflation is bad here in the United States, wait until a lot of the opportunities continue to be shipped off overseas and the capital is not flowing here as quickly as it used to. And we're already seeing it right now. Um, so I, I would tell you that it's mandatory to start to look globally. For sure. Do I know? All right. Let's talk about some stocks, shall we? Yes. Right. Nancy Pelosi. Mm. Is up on her Nvidia position for the year. Um, so, what are what other politicians should we look at and mimic their investments and trades? I got a couple that I want to mention. Brian Higgins, so he invested heavily in Micron and Nvidia. He outpaced Nancy Pelosi. We see a continued theme of the semiconductor space being invested in. Mark Green is another one, and then Garrett Graves. Um, he invested heavily into Coinbase. So I know Nancy gets all the credit for having the highest returns. People forget that her husband was invested in uh, a hedge fund many decades ago. And I know it's not the most popular take, but um, if she's reporting the trades and getting away with, she found a loophole to be able to make a lot of money while she's in that seat. But there are probably eight or nine politicians that are outpacing her. Um, I talked about a few sites before, but just Google uh, political trades or political investments. You have a few sites that comes up. Quant, uh is one of them that will come up and just track their trades and follow. Go look at their track record. Some of them are up two, three hundred percent. Follow what they're doing. And then if you see they're invested in a sector that is doing well, like the chip space, I would mirror those trades in 2024 to get paid as they get paid. So you said uh, Coinbase and NVIDIA? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Marguerite invested in, in a ticker ET, which is great. But Micron, which is one people are, have slept on for a while. Um, if you get it at the right price and you like JC talked about it last week, if you layer your options a certain way, you can get five, six hundred percent return in four or five months. Trading has considerable risk. Please consult your advisors. But the big lesson I want to continue to stress in this episode is follow what people are doing with the most money whether it's hedge funds, politicians, companies, municipalities, follow what they're doing at the top to make your investing job a lot easier. Does it get tricky though? Right. We, we could follow them, but when we talk about, especially a company like Micron, we talk about NVIDIA, I'm sure they're investing in others. When there's a chips act that is signed, 
Yeah. And they may have invested prior to that. Then it becomes <laughs> right. Like there's, 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 there's an issue there, right? Be even like an infrastructure bill. If I start seeing right, an infrastructure gets built, uh, bill gets passed in 2021 yep. or 2022. And then you, you start to see, you know, industrials go up. Right. And then you start to see individual companies that the government is now contracted. Like, is it, in, I mean, this is the way business is always going to be honest. Yeah. That's the way business has always been done. Like right. the thing is to not lie about it, or if you don't report it, is when you get in trouble. But this is why I keep saying, like, if Apple spends a certain amount of time at the White House, or if Elon has a conflict with Biden, that is going to have an impact on Tesla stock. So if they're spending a certain amount of time at the White House or they're favorable with senators or governors, it is going to have a positive impact on the stock. I may next week want, want to make a case for Dara being one of the best turnaround CEOs. After mm -hmm. we saw him at the White House, I went and looked. I said, these numbers are on par. But yeah. him being there also tells me uh, they may be okay for the next four or five years. Visa's on a tear. Had a chance to see him. CEO of Visa. That, like, there's a correlation between what the government is doing and then what the companies are going to do and especially if they have some kind of business dealings or a cozy relationship amongst one another does mm -hmm. it suck is it unfair yes but this is the way the business has always been done yeah but we can follow that trail too right and we yep. I, i've said this plenty of times and i'm sure we've covered it throughout the years if there's a the chips act in specifically was designed to have chips made here in america right we yep. saw what the the shortage of having chips did during the pandemic. And so one of the, the, the ways to combat that was to create the, the Chips Act here in America, right? And so follow the companies that are, are, are fighting for that. And so if you Absolutely. see a company like ASML and then building foundries here, and you see uh, TSM building in Arizona, or you start to see these companies say, all right, well, there's an incentive to now build here, there's tax incentives, let's do it here. A company like Global, Global Foundries, which we spoke about before, who's doing it here in New York, you can follow that trail of companies that are vying for it. In fact, the New York State, you know, they, the IBM was in, in talks to try to figure out how they can partner, or Intel's in talks in another state to figure out how they can partner to bring semis here. And so you can follow those those pieces because they yep. know there's an incentive if they do it, right? And that only helps from a domestic standpoint where we don't have to outsource to get the chips. So we can get them here, then there's more, and then it's going to be less expensive to get them. So follow those those paper trails. And regulatory filings are, and the government is a market maker. So if the CHIP Act gets pushed or hypothetically if China tries to invade Taiwan and then they blow up the TSM building as a please, contagion please, event. No, please no, please no. Please, please no. And then another it's thing on is, topic. Another thing too is, uh, <laughs> no, I said this um, last year as far as um, QQQ. I was like, yep. um, look, this thing is, this technology thing is only going to get bigger and bigger and artificial intelligence is taking over the world. And, um, even if you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, it's a higher probability that that QQQ is going to, is going to go crazy just based off of the landscape of everything that we're hearing is, is all based yeah. on artificial intelligence and technology. Um, and I mean, if you look at the 52 week low for QQQ it was $281 and it's at 200 and Forty four hundred and twenty-two dollars now. Um, yeah, four twenty-two. Yep. For ETF, that's that's crazy. And that's um, insane. 
And we should start doing like how Kai Sinit does, where he has like videos that play. Uh, Mike, make a note of that. Because when we was on a breakfast club, um, the first time we was on a breakfast club, actually, and I had mentioned at that time I had a a, a call for QQQ for I think it was like 350. And um was saying, like, you know, what's the what do you think the probability of QQQ reaching 350 over the course of two years? That was three years ago. Yeah. Um, so what I'm saying is this. We just came from Davos and we got a lot of insight on, you know, where the world is headed. You have to invest at your own risk, but it's a high probability that these certain things are there guarantee. Let's say it. These, these chip stocks are going to continue to go up. These good, the good ones, and the queues are going to continue to go up. These trillions of dollars getting pumped into when you see Mike, when you see Meta talking about they're going to spend billions of dollars on Nvidia chips um, yep. over the next couple of years. This is not a. a a bubble. It's not a fad. No, not, not a fad. Not. Artificial intelligence is not a bubble. Will will we be talking about it twenty four hours a day? Probably not. But as far as the technology is here, it's only going to get more and more persuasive in the day to day use of of everybody's lives. This all these technology companies are going to invest billions of dollars into artificial intelligence. You would be doing yourself a tremendous disservice if you wasn't invested in tech. If he wasn't invested in these chip companies, and like I said, you could even take the ETF route if you want to just do the cues. Over the course of the next 10 years, it would be extremely high probability that mm -hmm. you'll see returns. You'll see returns if you're invested in, in, in technology. QQQ, SMH, NVIDIA, Microsoft. All have been called here. Yeah. What is it costing you not to do it? And AMD, yeah. they all, AMD I, was on a hell of a I run. I wanted to go there. I was going to go because yeah. I'm glad you brought up the, the Zuckerberg part because I don't, I, I don't want that to go over people's heads. You're talking about the CEO of Meta, who's on an interview saying that they are going to buy 350,000 H100 chips from Nvidia. That's 350,000. Now that might sound like ah, that's a lot, but when you realize the cost of these chips. The average chip, right, on the low end is 16000 for one. Third-party markets have it up to 40000 So let's just say yeah. they let's say they get it for an average of $20,000. you are talking about $7 billion. $7 billion. That's just meta, right? How does Microsoft respond? How does Apple respond? How do, So you Google. Think, about, <laughs> Google. think about all these companies that are using these chips and going to buy them in bulk. Now, here's the, the interesting part is that that's for the H100. In six to 12 months, they might be announcing the H200, right? Yep. Which they weren't even allowed to sell in China, but they will be able to sell in America and other countries. What's the price tag on that? How fast can they produce those? And so you're talking about billions of dollars that is going to be brought in in the revenue. And that's where a company like AMD comes in, right? Because if these chips are selling for $20,000, well, can they come in with a semi that undercuts that price? Yeah. May not perform as fast, right? And for companies that can't spend that that type of money, but they can have a price point that maybe comes in underneath it that can serve a, a, a different type of business, right? Maybe, you know, you're not a trillion dollar company like the ones we named, but you need the service, right? You just can't mm -hmm. afford it at that price point. And so AMD has a, has a role to play in this as well. So I, I like them too. Also too, like if you're looking at going back to the innovation part, the, the main reason why a lot of companies are, 
jumping or accelerating this bandwagon is one of the few things that America has innovated on is this chip space when we don't have a lot of other things that we've created over the last five or 10 years to get like it was a social media push for 10 years. Crypto didn't pan out. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it didn't pan out, but like what VCs put into it, they overinflated it. And then it fell because a few years over at Davos, the big thing was crypto and then things slid back. Now AI and its chips are going to help accelerate both spaces. You have to invest for the long term. Like I don't know how else to put it. Uh, shout to those of you in Red Panda who've been to AMD since 21 and 40. Um, we've called all these companies out, but I am begging you to invest in these, or you're going to be really upset in the next four or five years that you missed out. And some of you may miss out on five, six, seven hundred percent by not executing. If I've made you money, please put yes in chat. Investing is not that fucking hard. Yeah, just buy the best. Sectors and buy the best too. In 21, I, I did I exercised an option on um AMD uh for five contracts. So I have 500 shares. Um and so it cost me money to get them. And that at that time AMD was at $139. Yeah. In 2022, AMD dropped to $72. And so I started saying, Oh my gosh, why did I exercise this option? But in my mind, when I did it, I said, I'm thinking about this company long term. Long term. Yep. Right, I, I could have made the forty thousand dollars and and taking that intrinsic value and selling the option, but I said, "Nah, this is a good price point for it." At I think I had the call at seventy five dollars. Let me do it here. Let me get the five hundred shares. I did that. You look at today, AMD is at one hundred and seventy dollars, one hundred seventy two dollars. That's the power of patience. That's the power of believing in your game plan and sticking to it. Yep. It was it's at twelve dollars in twenty eighteen. It's a we're in a tech we're in a tech revolution. The last time this happened was dot com boom. Yep. It's happened three times in history so far. The invention of the internet, the dot com boom, and now this. And they're saying this is gonna be bigger than any the prior to. Um, and even when Sam Altman, he said it in Davos, where you look at chat GBT two to chat GBT four, it's night and day. Yeah, it's night and day. So it's like the the amount, the progress that's being made in, in, in a short period of time is unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, man, this is something that, like I said, I would highly suggest that you would be invested in technology. Um, this is a goal. This is the goal rush, and it, it, it's it's going to last for about ten years. And the difference between the dot com bubble and now. It was a lot of fool's gold in that market. It wasn't a lot of great companies that was generating revenue. Like open AI is probably worth more than every company with the exception of Amazon and a dot-com boom. Like, like you said, the evolution from chat GPT two to four, it would have taken some companies 10, 15 years. They've innovated inside of two or three years. Like um, I, I am begging you guys, like the proof is in the pudding. The returns are there. It's talked about globally. Um, please do not miss this wave. And I know some of you asking about SM, uh, SMCI and ASML. Pick the ones that you believe in once you do your research on them and invest heavily in them. It's going to cost you millions if you don't do so. And once again, um, it's never a good idea to just throw all your money into a stock that's at an all-time high. So I'm not saying that, but dollar cost average um, yep. over the course of time, stocks will pull back. Just because there's a pullback doesn't mean that it's a collapse. Um, yeah, 
just have patience. But over the long term, you have to consistently put money into these stocks over the next five years. Um, the next five years is probably the most important time in human history. I agree, especially on on a net return basis too. Mm -hmm. um, we're we're going to see a lot of growth and a lot of innovation because it's not outside of like energy is getting destroyed right now. Healthcare, tech, and communications are the only three spaces that really matter sector-wise for the United States of America. And if you're missing out, it's going to cost. I am begging you, like, please do not miss. Because as some of you who've been watching since 2020 and you messaged me this weekend, like, hey, I missed out. What should I do? Yeah. Two tech, two in tech. I, I can't tell you anything else. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. When you, you have to start question, putting the money in. What? When is the time? And then we put up a post saying we've officially hit the bull market. And people are saying, well, when's the time? <laughs> well, now study the history of bull markets. How long did they last? What was the longest one? How long is the shortest one? Yep. And so you can kind of figure out, you know what, this might be the time for me, right? Because everybody's situation is going to be different. But the S&P has hit an all-time high. NASDAQ is, is approaching the Dow. Do we want it at the all-time highs? No, not realistically. No, but, but even Frank talked about it earlier. Even yeah, when yeah, yeah. you're at the all-time high from here, we normally end up 12% up higher like higher than that yep go read money master to get at, go read any book from warren buffett or charlie monk like the market is permanently rigged to stay up because if our market collapses for a four-year cycle we'll enter into a global depression they're not going to let that happen all right let's let's talk about let's talk about bitcoin crypto so going back to davos jamie diamond ceo of chase Yes. JP Morgan Chase. Um, he said, you know, once again, that crypto <laughs> waste of time. Uh, blockchain technology is, is something that's that's beneficial and here to stay, but he gave a lot of disparaging remarks about Bitcoin and crypto and talked about how it was uh for money launderers and yeah, basically. Yeah. Typical slander. Um, so what's your thoughts on, on his comments? I don't know what, uh, Jamie's angle is with this. Um, I know a lot of people say, well, he's worried about it taking over the banking infrastructure. If that happens by the time that happens, Jamie's going to be retired. But if we know that your traders have been buying it since 2016, I don't know what's the point of demonizing the asset. If you're going to eventually offer it to your client base. Um, you can't argue with the returns year over year, decade over decade, highest return of asset. I just don't understand what, what the angle or aim is because it's not going to take away from the fervor that people who are, have been invested in Bitcoin is not going to change their stance. And also with the ETFs coming in, I'm not sure why he would demonize um, this asset class. So I, I don't like the remarks. Kudos to JP Morgan, everyone there. I appreciate you guys on the partnership, but I don't know why he continues on this parade about um, it being like this nefarious asset when that boat. <laughs> who paid for the boat? Yeah, who paid for the boat? Like, what? But so. there's, there's a common theme here, right? If we talk about the greatest investors of our time, um, even recipes of Charlie Munger, mm -hmm. I mean, to his death, he, he, I mean, he has similar remarks. Look at Buffett, who probably arguably the greatest of our time now you hear jamie diamond when we talk about banking and finance i mean at the top of the list they all have this the, the same kind of stance 
on this on Bitcoin. So as a as a person that's listening, I mean, how how should they take that? Right. This is these are some of the greatest minds in the space. You still need exposure to it. Um, and this is something I've been saying forever, like pick the top two in the sector, ride them for, for the long period of time. Um, now, some of the altcoins, depending on which ones you're looking at, you may not want to invest in. But once it gets to a place and it's the interesting part, well, of course, they have the partnership with Ethereum. So that may be a part of the reason why he's demonizing it, because Bitcoin has outpaced Ethereum for sure. But I don't see why if you're looking purely at the numbers over a decade over a decade return basis, you can't say that there's no use case for it and there's no desire for it. But if you're listening now, call 20,000. That was a good place to invest when I called it. Um, but hold every asset for a 10-year period of time and you'll be a-okay. Please put it in chat. Investing is not hard. When to start, what to invest in, all that's been answered. All that's been, they have to go to the Alps and bring the information back. If it takes all that for you to invest, yo, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. It is what it is. You either can choose to get rich in this environment or stay broke. It is up to you. But I don't like uh, just the full demonization of an asset class just because you personally may not like it. You can't argue. You can't argue with the math. Well, I also think that, um, I mean, they're not wrong in what they're saying to play devil's advocate as far as, uh, you know, there's a reason why Warren Buffett and these guys don't see any value in Bitcoin. Um because there really is no no real value in it, right? Um, so if you look at it from a standpoint of currency, it's very misleading. It's it's not. Oh it's not we, okay, go ahead. It's not a currency. It's it's not being used as a currency. Um, it, it's way too volatile to ever to ever really be used as a currency. And nobody really uses Bitcoin as a currency. They use it. It's more of a store value. Store that's value. Why they call it. That's why they call it digital gold. Um, people are looking at it as an investment standpoint. Um, so they're looking at it, they're old school. They're looking at it like, well, what is the point of something that nobody's really trading this as currency? Well, they're, they're looking at it as it's just like, it's just a made up investment I think that's where, part they're, of, where they're, they're more, there are tangible investments, right? Like yeah. they're tangible goal. There's tangible real estate. Even st stock is actually like you're owning a part of a company that actually exists. Yeah. Bitcoin doesn't produce any products, doesn't have any employees. Um, if it went away today, it wouldn't have any major effect on the global economy outside of people losing billions of dollars. But it's not like it's it, it, it's no it's no. So from that, I think the greatest use case is store is offset to inflation, not to cut you off. Yeah, but I, I think that's part of the, what what Diamond is saying. There are people who are using it as currency, and it might not be for the the best cause, but for the the vast majority of right. people, yeah, yeah. there are. People use it for currency and stuff like that. But I'm just saying the vast majority is not just like the vast majority is not trading gold. Like you're not right. going to, to your local barbershop and paying him With a bullion. Yeah. You know, yeah. most people have gold and it's, it's being hoarded. Um, so, uh, you know, it's Bitcoin. That's how they're looking at it. They're like, well, what, what is the purpose of this? Right? Like, why do we need, why do we need Bitcoin? Why do we need it? But I will say this: some things are outside the realm of ration. You don't have to be able to fully understand everything with a rational mind for it to actually make sense. It's just enough people have to believe in it. So I think that enough people believe in the idea of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin specifically. Um, yeah. It's, you know, what it would supposed to originally have stood for. Um, 
And I think that that would be enough for it to, to sustain. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I think it's going to be here. Um, but I think that, you know, from a pure economic standpoint, the economist, old school economist, um, yeah, they, they're, they're never really going to fully understand it because they're looking at it like, well, this doesn't, it, there's, there's no way how you can make me believe that this is worth $40,000 one day, 60000 the next day, $10,000 the next year, a million in 10 years. <laughs> like, but, but couldn't people have said that about, I can't believe I'm taking this out of this argument, but can you, couldn't you have said the same thing about the tech market in 99 or 2000? If we look from 95 to 2005, the market was damn near flat. Yeah, for sure. It's overvalued. Also, the value of the dollars dropped 90% if you don't believe in fiat currency. And uh, truth be told, cryptocurrency is the revelation of how people feel about the American fiat system and the banking system in one. For years, for 50 years, they told us 7 to 12% maximum was the most that you can get out of an investment to be deemed safe when there's people in the streets and bodegas who are making way more than that. And here comes the currency or an asset class that produces more. And all of a sudden it's vilified. Why didn't you give us the 15 to 30% that you guys were getting and, mu and muni bonds and other shit that you were investing in. So I think people are getting frustrated and tired of saying, well, you're telling us we can only get 5% savings here. Pensions have gone. Retirement plans are going away. I keep talking about this pension fund issue in Chicago and Illinois that no one ever wants to talk about. I think people are getting frustrated as inflation is doubling. It feels like every four or five years to tell us, well, you can only get 7% return in the market with all this trillions of dollars slushing around then. But Nancy and her husband are raking in a fortune in the interim and so are presidents. So I think it's more of a anti-banking, anti-fiat position to say, hey, we want higher returns because we know they're possible here. But well, I think that um so the tech thing I think is a little different because those are companies that might have been overvalued, but they still had value, right? Like they still are employing people, they're still making products, they're yeah. still adding to society. Now you could say, okay, they're not they're not worth you could say NVIDIA is overvalued. You could make a you can make an argument for that. But there's no denying that NVIDIA is still a valuable company that is yeah. tremendously important in the global ecosystem. Um, that's why I think there's a, there's a there's a disconnect as far as with a lot of these cryptocurrencies where they they don't they're not they're not important. The technology blockchain technology is important. That's what he was saying. Jamie was saying like they've been using blockchain technology for years and they're going to continue to use it. But the actual like I always say this all the time: if Bitcoin went away today. Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing changes in the world outside of people losing money nothing changes if apple if apple disappeared today the the world is is upside down how many people rely including me rely on where we, we're using a macbook right now to broadcast this and i'm saying yeah. i'm reading notes off my iphone right if like if nvidia disappeared today the world the world's in in, in crisis mode right um there are a lot of companies that if they disappear today, not only would millions of people be out of jobs, um, the world if Apple went away, America collapse. Yeah. So yeah, you know it's interesting. Um, Bitcoin, and by the way, I believe in Bitcoin, but I, you know I'm also a nonpartisan person, so I can see both sides of the situation, and I think yeah. that a lot of it is just 
mental. But once again, it's we live in a world where people you convince yourself of things, and that's all you really got. Believe you got it. You you if you believe enough, look. I mean, religion. It's all based on. Uh-uh. No, I'm just saying it's all based oh, okay. on belief. It's all based on belief, right? Okay. It's all based on belief. We've never seen. Nobody's ever seen anything from 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, but millions, billions of people put a belief into a system, and that's what faith is, right? Believing in things that you don't fully understand or things that you don't even, you can't see, right? Yeah. That's that's that's, that's the most core thing to, to the human element that we have. And like I said, I mean, religion is a perfect example of that of a lot of things don't make sense if you really think about it, right? If you look at religious tales, I mean, no, they don't really make too much sense in a, in a rational mind, but we overlook that because we have a belief system. So it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah. So I think I think Bitcoin kind of fits in that in that in that world. Don't yeah, worry. I'm not I'm not I'm not going on I'm not going on a religious tangent. I'm just Thank using you. religion. I'm just using religion as an example. Satoshi's coming for him. <laughs> I mean, but if we go back to the the dot com bubble, let's r- run off some companies that were there. Pets.com, yeah. Webvan, Boo.com, eToys.com got destroyed by Amazon, GeoCities, theglobe.com, go.com, flues.com, Dr. Coop. Excite.com. More than all those by 50. Bitcoin is the number nine most valuable asset on the planet. We went over this. That's crazy. Yep. That's on belief. Also because the other assets were not providing a high enough return. While legislation that, was that, that passed yeah, to like, block us out of investing in startups that would have given us that kind of return. I agree with that part of the statement. And I think you made that statement earlier when you said they could say what they want, but they cannot deny the returns. We've they seen now for 14 years. Yep. It's a very small sample size, right? And, and in terms of history of investing, but 14 years is a sample size of yeah. return. And there hasn't been an asset that we've seen that have had these type of returns that I've known. It yeah, goes back to the lack of innovation in America and the United States, um, especially like on the financial services and product side, for sure. You either can be of the people and innovate for the people, or you can be of the system. You got to pick. Yeah. So. And, and now, you know, obviously with the ETF, the, the SEC has started to lean favorably in, in this space. We had some conversations with, with the U.S. Uh, USD uh, coin. Um, yep. and so, I mean, everything is optimistic in the space. And so that belief becomes more authenticated when you have government saying, okay, we believe in it too. Well, what I'm saying also is that you, you beauty's in the eye of the beholder, values in the eye of the beholder. You can, if you can convince somebody that something is true or something is valuable, it doesn't necessarily have to be true or valuable. If somebody believes that is true or believes that is valuable, then it's valuable to say that, okay, Bitcoin is something that you, it's, it's nothing, right? It's really nothing. Um, it's not like, it's any, yeah, it's, it's, it's worth a, a home in Cleveland, Ohio, right? It's the equivalent to a single family home in Cleveland, Ohio. So you have one asset where you can actually live, sleep, there's plumbing, there's a door, there's a chimney, <laughs> like there's an actual physical place. 40, huh? 40,000? 
probably get a single family home in, in, in Cleveland for forty thousand. A lot of people saying you could, then it panned out. You couldn't get up for that price. They went to Cleveland, it wasn't there. <laughs> but let's call Anthony with the going prices. Some people was quoting them prices. Mm. <laughs> they want they that. Mini, nah, they they met the mini home, the call, mini home. Yeah. Call, call BR with. <laughs> well, there's somewhere there's somewhere where you get a home. Yeah, there's get somewhere the where you get a home yes, for forty thousand yes, yes. dollars, right? Yes. So it's like, okay, would you take a home? Would you take a home for forty thousand dollars, or would you take? A Bitcoin. All right, let me ask you this now, right? That's a great analogy. But what if that Bitcoin? It depends on where you're at, right? If you if you're homeless, you take the home. But if you're not, do you look at the returns or the appreciation of that home or the appreciation potential appreciation of the Bitcoin? No, I, I'm not saying that you you don't take the Bitcoin. I'm just saying that that's the psychology. Right, right, right. Bitcoin is nothing. Yeah. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's literally it's it's there. It's just it's a it's a it's an idea. It's an idea. It's a what concept. would you take right now? The the, the forty thousand dollar home or the Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, but I'm just but that's what I'm just saying. So yeah. it's like I think Jamie Diamond and these guys are looking at it from the standpoint of the home. Like, yeah. okay, this is something. This is real. This is just nothing. This Tangible. is this is stupid. Why? Yeah. But you don't but always have homes are a banking product. But that that's true. And we all just said that we would take the Bitcoin, right? Because we're thinking about you can't deny the returns. While we talk about crypto and digital dollar donald trump oh man um the, so the donald what are your thoughts on trump saying that he's not going to allow federal reserve digital dollar if elected well let, let, uh, let's put the context to it right so he said that he's going to block the creation that's if right if i big hypothetical but maybe not uh, if he's elected president, that he's going to block the creation of a U.S. central bank digital coin, that the coin that we had talked about, the CBDC. He said uh, this would give the federal government uh, absolute control over our money. They can take your money. Uh, you wouldn't even know it was gone. This would be dangerous to the threat of freedom and will stop uh, anybody from coming to America. So there's a couple of things, right? Like when we think about government playing a major role, and that's one of the big things, right, from the party sides, like, Less government, less government. I understand that point of what he's saying, um, but is it an indication of the the entire space? I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's an indication that he doesn't believe in Bitcoin or in cryptocurrency because this is the same guy who has an NFT. Well, I'm I, I'm with him on this on a variety. I think um, I've never been robbed for anything in my life, like as far as money. I never okay. Never been on the other end of a robber's revolver, as Nas would say. Um, <laughs> I never got robbed in my life. The only time I ever got robbed was for my cryptocurrency mm -hmm. by somebody that I never knew online. So I'm 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 extremely um cautious when it comes to digital assets, especially if the government has their hands in it. I one hundred percent would not be comfortable with a government controlled digital dollar because yeah. Who knows? They could just freeze. They could freeze your bank account. Think about how quickly they could freeze your crypto, um, exactly, and take it it's and easy. audit it and everything. So, um, yeah. Look, but it, it, is it? Are you playing on the mindset that there's people who might say, like, if government is involved, it is now safer? No, it's not safer. Well, it's look, not safer. Regulation, regulation is beneficial on mm -hmm. a certain level okay. because, like I said, what happened to me with Coinbase. That wouldn't have happened if it was regulation. If it was fidelity, you can't just get robbed for your for your brokerage account. There's this system, the system's in place and there's recourse. So 
that is beneficial on a certain level. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. But as far as, you know, overarching control, most of the time when government has control over something, it it, it goes awry. And it doesn't, it doesn't work out in the benefit of the consumer, so the regular everyday person. Whenever the, whenever government gets their hands in something, it usually nine times out of ten is only benefiting government. Yeah, did anybody did anyone think this was a good idea? Obviously, no, no, right? No, okay, no. Yeah, is Trump going to win an election? <laughs> well, you know, I've said that. You know, he's going to play to a certain base. He's going to play to the banking crowd. But I would not be surprised if in two months, if he starts playing to the crypto crowd to get a certain amount of votes in and DeSantis stepped down, gave yeah. the endorsement. I'm I wondering think, if this is a part of his political strategy. I think this week starts the political campaign for president. I think um, South Carolina, I believe, primaries are this week. Uh, I, I think Nikki Haley will be out of it by the end of this week. Yeah. And it'll just Especially be. Especially after she said racism don't exist. Use your native name. <laughs> that was that was beyond that's <laughs> insane i will say <laughs> this not your native name and neither uh, is Haley. Uh, what man. yeah i will say this i feel like um <laughs> all of the politicians sh should speak to us um because uh we have a platform for the people so i will be i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to give too many predictions on this because i do want to remain apolitical and I do think that the Republican side and the Democrat side should speak to us. I think that they should come to invest fast. I think that they should they should um, answer the hard questions, the tough questions. Yeah, the tough questions for sure. So I, I will reserve. Yeah. But I, I've said in the past that I think that Donald Trump is going to win. Um, but let's uh, let's uh, tread lightly. Yeah, on that. yeah let's let, let's let's ask the questions. Let's let's hear the answers. Uh, and let's form our own educated opinions, um, and then you know, based on those answers, let's vote. Look, I, I've it, seen I've seen a lot of people speaking. And shout out to Charlemagne. I've seen what uh, him and Angela Rye and Tiffany Cross. Uh, shout out to them. They, their new show, yeah, uh, Native Native Land Pod, which is doing incredible. But they're speaking the language that we've been speaking for a while now, right? Like where it's not just hey, this is the black vote, and it's going to be automatic. Nah, we've done that for too long. And we've said that for uh, multiple elections, but it's at a point now where we have readily uh, available information. We have more economic, I shouldn't say more economic, but we are starting to see um, people have more economic prowess, especially in our community, right? Like I know yeah. more people with money than I've ever known in the past 10 years, in the past five years, right? Um, and so with money comes power and with power comes influence. Um, and so that is changing. Uh, the landscape is changing. And so let's see. Let's see what happens. But I, I, I agree with you. I think that both sides should should come to the forefront and, and answer some of the tough questions if they're going to rely on a base that can pretty much sway an entire uh, national election. If I had to, if I had to pick today, I would say that I, I have a hard Was time. Was that a politically correct answer? I have a hard for sure. <laughs> I have a hard time finding how Donald Trump loses. I have a I have a hard time seeing it's getting harder and harder to find a reason. I have a hard pathway to see him, but it doesn't mean that he can't lose. The Democrats are going to have a lot of money, and um, Biden just he's he, billions of dollars of student loans every other day. Um, yeah, it's getting yeah it's getting dropped off. Yeah, so I think they, they're yeah. going to fight. The Democrats are going to fight. I think that they they do have some good 
talking points. They just have to communicate it. They haven't, they haven't done a good job of communication. They got to, they got to communicate their talking points. Um, but the wind, the wind is probably in Donald Trump's favor right now, but I, I, I would be interested to see what they can do. Uh, I definitely think that the vice president needs to be a little bit more vocal and speak out a little bit more um, because, Absolutely. Hey, let's face it. She, she has a good chance of becoming president if um, Joe Biden gets reelected. Um, so, I mean, it's just reality. <laughs> so I, 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 you know, I think that she needs to, um, be more in the forefront. Yeah. I think that would be helpful for sure, especially as a, as a black woman for sure. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It starts, it starts now. It starts now for sure. Yeah. Uh, DeSantis, uh, dropped out. Nikki Haley, I think is also an extremely dangerous person because once again, Absolutely. I think that, I think that, um, if you're willing to say anything, then what kind of person are you? And um, for her to uh, say that America has never been a racist country and then to double down on it and to say, well, its intentions were good. What, in, what intentions are you referring to? Even in the Constitution, it said black people are three-fifths of a man. Yeah, that, um, that was interesting because she kept reiterating the point of every man was created equal when she honestly probably, did she revisit the three-fifths compromise? Well, yeah, I mean, you have a country that was founded on on slavery, and then um, Jim Crow, yeah, and then the whole civil rights movement. Black people wasn't even allowed to drink from the same water fountain as a yeah. white person. That's pretty racist, if I, I would say so. Then you then you yeah. talk about the the Japanese internment camps. Then you talk about you know Chinese Americans when they came over and they was working the 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 railroad line you talk about native american massacre um which never talked about just literally took took the land and put them on reservations um then you then you talk about mass incarceration and you talk about uh crime bill redlining redlining for sure but um you know a crime bill that gave a hundred times more for crack cocaine than powder cocaine when it's chemically the same exact substance but 90% 90% of crack users and crack dealers were black people and 90% of white cocaine users and cocaine dealers were white people. That's, that's racism. Um, man, we can kind of go down the line here. So I think that, you know, I get it that you have to rally up support for, um, you know, ignorant white people, but that's not the best way to go about it. I don't think that that's the best way to go about it. And yeah, her herself, she's Indian. And um, she changed her name and she actually looks different than she used to look. I don't, I don't know what happened, but I, so, I just feel like it's in a lot of assimilation. So, and if you if you have to try that hard to ass- assimilate, then there's obviously a reason that you're trying to assimilate. Yep. It's, not, it's not because you just want to. It's because you feel um, uncomfortable with who you are. And that's because America's built on racism. Absolutely. Number one, a financial product that got the country off was us. So set the episode 70 has not changed. Most of the uh, once again, if reparations were given, it would bankrupt the world, not just the United States of America. So for her to say that was tasteless at best. So. Yeah. 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 
And the political system is never going to change. So, <laughs> just the, so you the know. players may change. The system itself is never going to change. That it is designed that way intentionally. So, but hopefully we can have some candidates who actually speak the truth. And um, but we have to start voting in blocks. And if not, we don't get what we need. We cannot give our votes to that candidate just because. That's right. What we do know is that whether it's Donald Trump or it's Joe Biden, we still need to be investing. Yep. So, Ian, yes. what's the most optimistic about? It's earning season. It's that time of year. We always get excited. The numbers are coming in. Which, which, which stocks are you most optimistic about for earning season? Troy Joy is the sponsor of this segment. Uh, you done with the doom and gloom report? Um, there's a few that I actually like in this earnings season. So Netflix is one. Yep. Uh, Texas Instruments, um, Intuitive Surgical, I like. Johnson & Johnson, ASML, Tesla, despite Elon being on Party Powder. Abbott Laboratories. Um, I haven't talked about this one. SAP I like a lot. Mm. General Dynamics, ServiceNow, Visa, Union Pacific, and Gentex. So I know everyone's always like, you're always talking about Apple, Microsoft, but those are some ones, especially SAP, Union Pacific, Gentex, General Dynamics, ServiceNow has been on the tear. Um, ASML, we already know about. Yes. And Texas Instrument is not talked about enough. So those are the ones I like this earning season. If I had to put my money somewhere for the long term, I, I would invest in those companies for sure. I like ServiceNow. And, and I still love Apple too. Like for everyone's like, yeah. Yo, you giving up on Apple? No, I'm not. I'm just saying Microsoft is a better company right now, but I still like um, Apple long-term, still two tech, two index. That has not changed. Yeah, I love all of those. Uh, so this week, we're going to get ASML on the 24th. Next week, we got AMD. I'll just add the the, the, the big ones that everybody's looking for. Uh, AMD yeah. on, um, on the 30th, Microsoft on the 30th, Google on the 30th. Uh, Amazon reporting on February 1st, Apple on February 1st. And we got to wait till February 21st to get NVIDIA. But I'll also, oh, Meta also will be reporting on uh, February 1st. And I'm throwing in Cloudflare. I'm throwing in Cloudflare. Okay. Um, for those not to know, Cloudflare is a service platform that helps improve security, reliability, and loaded times of internet applications and websites. And so if you figure this is all part of that AI community, right? Like you figure if there's going to be more artificial intelligence, there's going to be more security, there's going to be more cloud around there. I like Cloudflare in this space. Um, and, you know, they've been in the past uh, probably six months in a phase of climbing out, right? They were hit a whole all time high of 200 in November of 21. Uh, and yeah. kind of, you know, obviously during the, the pullback in 2022, kind of crashed a bit. Um, and now are climbing their, their way out. But as we start to see these tech spaces, the data dogs and, and the F5s of the world, you're starting to see them climb out. Cloud, AI, computing, all coming back into the space. Uh, I'm interested in seeing how, how they report on the 8th of February. So I'll add that one, too. That's perfect. Before, before we leave, uh, this uh, diversity and inclusion, equity and inclusion thing is an extremely um, important conversation to have. When you see people like Bill Ackman saying that Martin Luther King would have been against DEI, and you see... Um, when he said that? Yeah, you, you didn't hear about that? I didn't hear that. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you see uh, Elon Musk calling Mark, uh, Mark Cuban a racist because he thinks that um, there should be a diversity program for pilots. This is something that I think black people need to really pay attention to what's going on. So 
post George Floyd, there was billions of dollars that was pledged to black initiatives, to black companies, to black founders. Almost all of that money has been pulled. Um, you see uh, affirmative action almost being completely erased by the court system. You see um, a, a major uh, public push to end diversity and inclusion um, in corporate America. I'm telling you something. This is something that, like I said, the next five years is the most important years in human civilization. Um, your artificial intelligence is already taken up. They said almost 20% of, of jobs in the next 10 years. Yep. Um, the wealth gap is only getting larger, right? Wider. Yep. And um, you're seeing open an uh, open push to um, end any type of inclusion program. What is trying to be created is a permanent underclass. Mm -hmm. there, there, there are certain parts of the world where they have permanent underclasses, right? And um, it's accepted. And that's just, it just is what it is. If you go to Australia and you see the, the aboriginaries, very similar to the Native Americans in America. Native Americans here, yep. Permanent, a, a permanent underclass where the, the ruling class rules and you 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 can never you can never rise above the lowest levels of poverty. Like the new caste system. Yeah, um, this yeah. is something that's extremely extremely dangerous, and um, and is happening in in plain sight. So um, I think it's, it's it's very important to to know what what's currently taking place, how to actively um, fight against it, as far as black businesses, black businesses that are scalable, support black businesses. Um, taking part in the political system the right way, um, you know, fighting the right way in the court systems. But if you just don't pay attention to this, um, you're gonna you're gonna be affected by it for sure, one one way or another, one way or another. And um, once again, this they're is talking to all fronts at one time. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. So be prepared. Yeah. What, what what can we do as a community? Like, if there's a three step blueprint to make it simple, what are three things we should be focusing on to offset some of these attacks that are going on in the diversity and inclusion uh, space? Well, the political landscape is extremely important, and like I said, not just voting for politicians, but actively being being involved as far as um, funding campaigns, right? And the court system is, is extremely important as well. So understanding politics on a local and national level outside of voting, but interest, interest as far as to say, OK, these these are interests that we have. These are things that we we want to have done. Initiatives, programs, funding is extremely important. Um, also, I think it's important to talk about how to fully what is what is having a black business really mean and um, even mm -hmm. black businesses that sell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know. A lot of times when black businesses sell, there's um there's a, a tremendous push on social media to, to call them a sellout or to, you know, and you actually are hurting the valuations of companies and um, your negative comments are costing people hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. because a company is like, OK, well, now if I buy a black business, I'm going to have to deal with pushback that I don't have to deal with if I buy a white business. Mm -hmm. So. Just that their valuation might be yeah. 500 million, but I'm only paying 300 million. But what you don't understand, what you guys are failing to understand is that liquidation events usually are the only time where you can actually get a large sum of money. Even if you have a hundred million dollar business, you might be running on thin margins 
And you're not really, you're not really making that much money. Mm -hmm. And if you, now, if you get $300 million, now you can actually affect change because it's been, it's, it's been actually proven that black people usually spend money with black people. So now the entrepreneur that just sold their business for $300 million is going to, it's going to circulate back to the black economy somehow because you'll probably start a new business, right? She'll fund or be a fund, your angel. She's going to invest in other businesses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's going to hire black people. Mm -hmm. It's this is going to trickulate and it's going to be actually more beneficial than if she would have kept the business because now she might be only making a million dollars a year. Right now she gets 300 million. We need, we need more Uber, Uber rich black people. We don't have enough outside of sports entertainment. So it's like a lot of people that's uneducated on social media with negative comments. Um, you don't, you don't realize how dangerous you are because you actually do have power because you you control social equity. So you're, you're, one comment leads to a domino effect of a thousand comments. And um, that that leads to a variety of things that happen outside of the realm of your understanding. And you're not you're not able to understand what, what you're doing, but you're actually having a very negative effect on black businesses and black economy, period. And just from a negative standpoint of just negative comments, like, yeah. you know, it's like. Um, you just got to be very careful. Of yeah. using words like "oh, sellout" or oh, "you did this" or like "I'm not supporting anymore." No, it's just it's it's something yeah. that I think you know you just gotta be extremely careful of because um, without knowing it, you you you're actually part of the problem. Yeah, because you're I mean you're a customer base, right? So if said company is saying that they're going to buy this company for five hundred million dollars, right? They're looking at it like, well, if I buy it for five hundred million and twenty percent of your customer base says they're no longer, longer supporting you because I'm buying it, then the valuation comes down. So we got to be mindful of the position that we're in, right? That we should yeah. be feeling like, hey, this is an accomplishment. Yes, they can now pour it back. They've now reached a certain level. They can create new funds. They can give new opportunities to other people, rather than saying, oh, the product is going to change because you sold it to this company now. And what people don't realize is most businesses don't even make it to the second generation. So what, what would you rather have? Would you Absolutely. rather have would you rather have a black entrepreneur that starts a business that sells it for four hundred million dollars? And like I said, the odds are they'll probably start another business. So it's going to they're going to circulate this money somehow. Or would you rather them have a business that is successful, that runs into the ground and becomes Jet Magazine? Because you're not going to you're not going to be able to bail them out when they when they when they're bankrupt. When there's no longer support, when it tw- when when people are saying that they're corny now, when they become fubu, right? And now they're yeah. saying that no, they're just corny, and we don't we don't want to wear their designs anymore. Now, where's the where's the support for them? Right? Where, where's the where's the outcry of them? We should have supported this company. You're not gonna raise a fund to give them four hundred million dollars, and that's not it's not beneficial when they go bankrupt. Nobody benefits in that situation. Exactly. Nobody yeah. benefits when the company gets runs run into the ground. Nobody benefits when the founder dies and then the kid takes it over and has no idea what he's doing. And then in five years, it, it's, it's going to be gone. But that's the life cycle of business. Business have yeah. has a life cycle, just like just like people have life cycles. Very few businesses last three hundred years, five hundred years. Of course, that's great. Very rare. Do it, but it's not. It's not common. It's not. It's not common. So. It's like sometimes you got to take emotion out of it and really think from a from a, a rational standpoint. What what are you what are you getting in business for? You're getting in business to change people's lives, to have a product, but to ultimately make money. To make that's money. Get, that's, that's, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Should, should the founders that get these large liquidation events should they be obligated to give a percentage 
to the community through investing or reinvesting back into the company in the same fashion that we have like uh, other entities do it? Or do you think there should be no obligation towards that? Because sometimes when these events happen, people feel as if, well, that's great for them. But like, what do I get out of it? Other nothing you, you get you get you, you get nothing out of it you what did you get what you, support the product you get from buying nike for 100 years this is the thing and uh gilbert arenas has said something he was like um i never heard a white kid saying like the first thing he wants to do is buy his mom a house i never heard a white person ever get asked what did you do for your community nothing did nothing for my community right like we we put so much pressure but that's because the system inherently does for that community though do for look it's not anybody's responsibility to change the trajectory of a billion people's lives. It's going to happen by accident. That's why that's that's I'm trying to get you to say. Like, if a black person gets rich, it's going to benefit black people by accident. Yeah. Now, whatever they want to do on top of that is great. But nobody should be held to this to this standard of, well, what did you well, what did you do? What did you do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people ask all the time, like, well, what did you do for your community? What did you do for your community? Oh, you, what, you, what are you currently doing? You've been there for 30 years. Well, I'm not a millionaire. Yeah. Okay, you, you could coach a basketball team. You can do you it. Could, yeah, you, you can get the money if you have. You could clean up. You, you could just have a, a cleanup project on Saturday and just clean up the park. That doesn't cost anything. You could have a mentorship program. What did you do? So I think that black people have a problem with um a savior. We have a savior problem. There's no savior. This, I'm going to be honest with you. A white savior is not coming to save us, but a black savior is not coming to save us either. Nobody's coming to save us. It's a collective. It's a collective. Once you work as a collective, then you understand that every, every person in society has a responsibility. Every person in society has a responsibility. Some people's responsibilities are bigger than others. But if we look at it from that collective standpoint, you never see it. I've never seen a Chinese person ever say like, this is my savior. A Japanese, they understand it. They understand collective. And that comes from the from the communist standpoint, but they also they just yeah. understand that it's a collective. You do you do your part, I do my part, and if we all do our part, then that's how we're gonna rise. As opposed to Michael Jordan writing a check for fifty billion dollars, where's that gonna go? We've seen that happen. Mark Zuckerberg gave Newark, New Jersey, a hundred million dollars. What happened? Charity is not the way. Charity is not a yeah. blueprint. Charity is not a blueprint for success. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. We've seen this in Africa. How much money has been poured into Africa? It's not sustainable. Charity, but we got to get out of this mindset of looking for charity. Do for yourself. Help yourself. Help your family. Everybody help each other. Then that's that's how everybody's going to rise together. Looking for somebody, nobody owes you anything. Nobody in life owes you anything. And I'm gonna be honest with you, nine times out of ten, they're not gonna do anything for you anyway. So you're looking for somebody to, to magically sprinkle something that's gonna change your life. It's a waste of time, it's a waste of energy. Not at all. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. And then sometimes, even if you do do that, it's not appreciated or entitlement kicks in or betrayal after you give happens. Or you didn't or you didn't do enough. Hey, if I gave you something and you switched up on me, can I get my money back, please? <laughs> <laughs> One time. <laughs> Return to sender. Return Man. to sender, please. Yeah. But what do I know? Uh, Rashad, last question. What do you say to the people that said you changed after you went to Davos? 
Now you got your reptilian card. Let's end on, on, a, on a spicy note. And we got to talk about the other things too. Yeah. Shout out to the reptilians out there. Um, <laughs> the card, the card is pending. No, that's funny. You always gotta think bigger than your horizons. I never, I never thought of myself. Even when I was local, I never thought of myself as a local person. Like you know, always thought bigger. So, uh, you know, there's always gonna be negative people in this world, but um, I feel like the world is 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 such a big place. You gotta travel. You gotta do business. You gotta learn culture. You gotta, you know, you gotta do everything. Like you gotta, you gotta be in Asia. You gotta be in Africa. You gotta be in Central America. You gotta talk to billionaires. You gotta talk to gang members. You gotta talk to everybody um, <laughs> to get a full perspective of life. Yep. Got you. But got I will you. say this: <laughs> got you. if you hang around enough billionaires. Whew, one day you'll become one in there. Yeah, no, nah, you got a you got a great chance. chance. You got just, a chance. Just by mistake. Shout, shout out to Neil Davis. Shout out to Nehemiah. He he was uh in Davos with us, and it was his yeah. first time being there. And so he got to watch just how like this net. I mean, he's a great networker himself, but he's got to watch and be in some of these rooms that we've been talking about. And he was like, he he gets it. He gets it. Now. I see how you guys move and just being in proximity of these people. And you start to realize like there's a small difference. Right, each each of these people have have a small or unique gift that has catapulted them to that level of financial success. But everybody has a gift, right? We got to figure out again that word collective is important. How do we do this together, right? How do we become yeah. a resource for each other? And his thing, he just kept saying it. I need to add value to more people's lives. That's yeah. it. Like that's my goal coming out of here. I need to add more value yeah. to more people's lives. Like I'm I'm going to be super intentional about that. And the thing about it too is that um look. This is actually a less like you could just follow the blueprint. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Just follow it. We're giving you the blueprint of actually step by step of what to do, how to move. Then you're gonna see this step, this move, this move. Until this is a documentary. You're gonna see, you're gonna see a billion yeah, real, time. real time. Just look, look, giving you the game. What you choose to do with it yep. is up to you. But um if okay, you, the blueprint, you could just, just follow, follow it. You just follow it. Rule number one, real just don't gossip. Having it in real time. God's plan. That's Pat right. Mahomes, the world's greatest. <laughs> By the way, you think you're gonna pull Shout it off and get back to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, gotta do it. Shout uh, out to Patty, Pat Mahomes, and the Chiefs. Shout out to Chiefs Nation. Um, Lamar looked it. tough. We did it. I'm going with Lamar. I'm going with Lamar. Who you got? Who you got? Lamar and who in, in the NFC? I'm following the look conspiracy pages. Them colors, well, the colors look like the Ravens supposed to be there. Yeah, was yeah, the Ravens the time. Yeah. I there may be a little injury. I think they'll take it next year when Taylor performs at Super Bowl. <laughs> I just hell think, of a rollout. I think Baltimore does it this year. They they're the only team that when I looked at their when you look at their defense, that's scary. That's scary. That's that's scary. Shout out to Pat Mahomes, man. Shout out to Pat though. I like Pat. Uh, Andy Andy Reid. Andy Reid. A great. A great. Kelsey. Better than Belichick? Or no. No, no, not yet. No, no, that's six of them. No he, got, he got six of them. He got six of them. Tom but Brady, we I need I need you on the podcast. We need. Hey, I told Prime, I told Coach Prime to his face. I said Travis Kelsey is going to be is the greatest tight end of all time. He looked at me like I was crazy. I said we're going to remember this, and I'm going to pull back. Out. Listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's been real. 
it's been it's been extremely real. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just it's know, real man. Just know. Yeah. Shout out to everybody uh, that has tapped in. Uh, shout out to everybody that's listening to Market Monday uh, Mondays the podcast. Shout out to everybody that's watching this live on YouTube. The show. Love yeah. is love. Yeah. The audio, audio experience. This is the show for sure. Um, yes. And shout out to everybody that supports the movement, man. The Red Panda family, Ernie Leisure, Ernie uh, Leisure Network, everybody, man. Love is love. Yes. Everybody, uh, reach out to your people, uh, tap in, check in on your people. It's important. One text, one phone call. It's going to take. It don't take much, man. Reach out to your people, man. Love is love. Let me run off these earnings again, real quick, so we give the most value. Netflix, yeah, yeah, Texas yeah. Instruments, ISRG, Johnson and Johnson, ASML. Tesla, Abbott, SAP, General Dynamics, ServiceNow, Visa, Union Pacific, Gentex. What more do you want from me? Yes. Yes. Hey, oh. wait, wait, real quick, Ian, since you, you ran up those. Alibaba, what's the, what's what's the, what's our take? Um, I it's one of my favorite indicators for when we actually are going to have a super mega cycle bull run. Um if I if I can get Alibaba at, at twenty bucks or twenty five, but I, I would load the boat. What what's this all time low? It's all is it like because I I know it IPO'd it in like a was it 2013, 15? 57.20. That's the all time low. Yeah, all time low is fifty seven twenty. It, 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 it's floating right around there. We're at sixty eight forty four right now. Whew. But the constraints in China are so like, yeah. And we haven't talked about COVID, mega COVID that they've been working on yeah. in the lab that killed 100% of the rats. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But yeah. there is such a constraint on Chinese companies and leadership, like talking about a dictatorship, different. Yeah. Um, but if... Every time we look, at, I mean, we, we talked about soft landing and it looks like we could be headed there. But when you, when you look at the reports that come out of China, the GDP, you look at inflation, the numbers don't seem to be improving. No, in fact, it, so and those I mean, are the numbers that are reported again. And I'm all of a sudden, all the news about Evergrande has been swept under, and all the real estate companies, it's not looking good. It is not looking good at all. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll revisit this next week. Love, 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 love y'all. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.